Randy Kay is outside the courthouse and joins us now. So what did happen in court today, Randy? Well, John, Donald Trump waived his appearance to appear in court today, but he did enter a not guilty plea on the new charges in the superseding indictment through his attorney. His aide, Walt Nada, also was here in court and did enter a not guilty plea. We were expecting the property manager for Mar-a-Lago, Carlos de Oliveira, uh, to be in court, which he was, and to enter a plea. You may recall last week he was in Miami with a Washington, D.C.-based lawyer, so he couldn't enter a plea because he needs a Florida lawyer to enter a plea here in the state of Florida. He had a Florida lawyer in the court room with him, but apparently he hadn't finished up all the paperwork, hadn't officially signed on. So once again, Carlos de Oliveira's uh, arraignment was postponed. He'll now appear back in court here uh, on Tuesday, August 15th, or he possibly could waive his appearance. But we did learn uh, earlier this evening that his Florida lawyer did now officially sign on hours after uh, that scheduled arraignment, and he will now officially represent him here in the state. So we do expect that he will enter the plea. But, John, uh, just you know, in terms of the charges that they are facing now, we're looking at false statements, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and concealing documents. And and we've seen this play out before. It's just another day and another delay. As you recall, Walt Nada, the aide, for his original uh, arraignment, he first couldn't find a Florida lawyer. Apparently, that's very difficult here. And then he had issues with his flight from New York. He was delayed. He was stuck on a plane. Uh, so we've seen this movie before, John. Does it look like these delays and the ones that may be coming next time there's a hearing could impact the actual start of the trial? It's possible. I mean, Jack Smith said that the superseding uh, indictment and the new charges in them shouldn't impact the timeline for the trial, but it certainly looks possible given what we're seeing. Uh, and now we're seeing a new court filing from Walt Nada and his team requesting that he be able to view classified documents in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. They say that he needs to do that in order to properly prepare for his defense, but prosecutors say that he just doesn't have the security clearance for something like that. Also, they say that he was not part of the willful retention of the documents. He was part, he's being charged with obstruction, so he should not be able to see those documents, John. And what is next in the process for these two men? Well, come uh, August, there's now, a, the prosecutors have a deadline of Monday, August 14th, uh, in order to respond to uh, this latest filing from Walt Nada and his objection. Um, and then Judge Aileen Cannon has also set a hearing date for August 25th to deal with those matters uh, if needed. She also wants to make sure, we're told, uh, that all of the pleas and all of the arraignments and all of those uh, uh, smaller matters are dealt with uh, before the August 25th uh, hearing, if that does indeed take place. Um, and also, John, I should point out that because of this, you know, this this could potentially uh, delay uh, Donald Trump's trial, which is scheduled for May, as you said, in this classified documents case. If all of these hearings continue and all of these delays and, and uh, filings continue, it could very well get pushed for May, possibly even past uh, the, the presidential election, John. And that may be part of the point. Uh, Randy Kaye, thank you very much. With us now, former Trump attorney Tim Parlatore, who currently represents another 2020 figure, Bernie Carrick. Also with us, CNN senior legal analyst Ellie Honig, who has prosecuted his fair share of federal cases. And CNN political analyst, New York Times senior political correspondent and Trump biographer Maggie Haberman. Ellie, I want to start with you. The proposed trial date of January 2nd. Realistic or is this like an opening bid? It's an opening bid. This is a remarkably aggressive opening bid. I think sort of wishful thinking on the prosecution's part. I mean, if they start this case in January, that would mean, according to the prosecutor's request, jury selection would start in mid-December. That means 
Donald Trump's team would have four and a half months or so to get ready for trial. That is close to unheard of in the federal system. This is a broad conspiracy. This charges Donald Trump, but at least six other co-conspirators involved, covers seven states over two to three months. And just to understand why it's such a short time frame, think of what Donald Trump's legal team has to do in four and a half months to make this happen. They have to review all the discovery. There's going to be hundreds of thousands of pages in discovery. There's going to be hours and hours of surveillance video. They're going to have to prepare their own defense. They get to do their own investigation. So Trump is entitled to some due process here. I think four and a half months is really pushing it. But as you say, John, I do think that's an opening gambit. And very quickly, there was the implication. It wasn't explicit, but the implication in this filing was that, look, it's important to do this quickly because there is an important date looming. Yeah, they're studiously avoiding saying the because the election, but they are saying the first part, we have to do this quickly. It's inappropriate, I think, for prosecutors to even acknowledge the election, never mind to argue to a court you should schedule with the election in mind. That's mixing politics right into the case. Okay, it wasn't explicit, I should say right. that, but it did seem to hang over. The flip side of that, Mr. Parlatore, is Donald Trump complaining that January 2nd, a trial date would be very close to the Iowa caucuses. Why should that matter? Why should a nominating process matter to a judicial proceeding? Well, you know, you need to have a client who is available, who is able to assist in his own defense. So certainly looking at other scheduling concerns like that is something that should be taken into consideration. Uh, but at the same time, I think that the the strongest arguments that the defense should raise are exactly what, what Ellie just said. You know, that this is way too fast. And, you know, really, one thing I noticed in their filing is that they avoided also saying how much discovery there is. Because I think that if they put that volume in there, you'd see that it's probably it's probably even more discovery than they have in Florida. I mean, this is going to have everything from the January 6th committee, you know, all of those, uh, you know, the documents. Each witness that's been subpoenaed has submitted thousands of pages of documents. You know, we're talking probably over a million pages of documents, and they're expecting them to get ready that quickly. So I think that, you know, for, for what is going to most impact the judge, leading with, you know, this is something that we cannot possibly be ready to go in that period of time, and if you force us to pick a jury on that date, we will not be ready, and this is a gift-wrapped appeal. Mm -hmm. That's a stronger argument than to just rely upon, you know, the Iowa caucus state. Yeah, just to put a finer point on that, look, most people charged with crimes, they have jobs. Right now, Donald Trump's job is, is running for Correct. president. Why should that inherently delay a trial? Correct? Well, it, it is something that we bring up oftentimes is, you know, what the di different things are with, you know, the defendant's schedule, what the defense attorney's schedules are, other trials, vacations. I mean, you know, you push trials out, you know, a, a month even because, you know, somebody has a vacation schedule. I've seen, you know, trials pushed out because, you know, the defense attorney is uh, has maternity leave schedule, things like that. So mm -hmm. it is relevant uh, to consider because ultimately the speedy trial is the right of the defendant. And so as long as he's willing to push it out, Maggie, go. Um, I know better. We've known each other a long time than to ask you, what's Donald Trump thinking to her? What's in his head? So I'll ask you what he's doing about what he's doing, because we are seeing him lash out on his social media network in campaign speeches. He's talking about the special counsel. He's talking about the judge. He's talking about the proposed trial date. He's talking about Mike Pence. How much of this is 
a strategy, and what does he think he's getting out of this? I don't think strategy is ever a great thing to affix to how Donald Trump <laughs> comports himself on, on social media or in a lot of his public remarks. But if there is a strategy, it is essentially to tarnish all the prosecutors who are involved, which is what we've seen him do over and over again. He's a man of very few moves, and he uses them repeatedly. He is very, very angry about these indictments. That's clear. The main thing he's doing, John, and I don't think this gets stressed enough, is putting aside all of the arguments against prosecutors, and he's airing an ad that's attacking the prosecutors as well. But he is trying to reinforce for everyone I'm the front-runner for the Republican nominee, nomination. I'm the front-runner. I'm the front-runner. Don't even bother trying to compete against me. Now, there's no question in polls he is far and away running ahead of everybody else. But he is doing what he often does, which is try to make it such an inevitability that nobody should even try. And that is something of a shield against what you're seeing in, in the courts. I mean, his, his appeal is to the public. We have seen him do this as a populist over and over and over again, and his voters become his support and his shield. Is this something that his lawyers have an opinion on? His lawyers would rather that he not speak as much as he does. Uh, John Loro, one of his lawyers who, who's handling the J6 case, and he was brought on uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, months, I should say. But John Loro uh, gave a podcast interview where he was very clear that he does not agree with some of what the former president is saying on social media. Among them, the former president was insisting, we're going to file a motion asking for a recusal of Judge Chutkin. And Loro made clear, no, we're actually have not made a decision on that at all. He also repeatedly talked about how you can't control some clients. They, this is not something that any of them want. And so they all work around it, and we've seen that over and over. But Trump is going to find out or not whether this is a problem for him. That's going to be up to judges. Uh, um, you know what? It does occur to me I have a guy who did work uh, as Donald Trump's lawyer. <laughs> and, and we should ask him right. about what Maggie just said there. Uh, Mr. Parlatore, what do you think about what Maggie just said there and how the lawyers view Trump's outbursts? You know, and without talking about him specifically, Representing a client like this is very complicated, especially when they also have a comms team and a campaign and, and a whole bunch of people that want to put out public statements. Uh, it is something that is preferable for me to have, you know, just me, the client, and I tell the client, you know, shut up, I'll do all the speaking for you. And, you know, but when they're running for president and, uh, and a former president, it gets complicated. Um, complicated, a loaded <laughs> word. Ellie, the delay that we saw from Mandy Kay, we were on TV a a as yeah. it happened here. Every time something like this, how much of an advantage is this for the Trump team? It, my mind was boggled today by that because I understand if it's a day or two out from the indictment, you haven't got your legal team in place. We're two weeks out from this indictment. How does this lawyer show up in court without even having filled in the paperwork? It leads you to believe it has to be part of a strategy, but it all matters. You know, um, Al Pacino, right? Football's a game of inches. Any given Sunday? Any given Sunday? I mean, same goes for trial, especially when you're so close to an election. Every day, every week, you can push it back. Gives you a better chance to push this out beyond the trial. Is that on the judge to try to not, the, not let them get yeah. away with this? Ju the ju judges have to control their courtrooms. Judges have to control their calendars. And soon, I think, we'll see these judges running out of patience.